I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello, everybody. Um, Jeremy here. And Brian. And Taylor. And we, so uh, it's been a really shitty week. And we we were originally going to put out an episode this week that we recorded uh, a couple of weeks ago. We've got a bunch of episodes in the bank. Uh, but we're not going to do that this week. This week, instead, what we're going to do is we're going to pay... Uh, respects to our good friend Brandon and uh, a lot of you who have been listening to the podcast over the last couple of years uh, probably have a good idea of who Brandon is. He's been on the show more than any other past guest. Uh, He's guest hosted on the show. He's been talked about on the show. He's popped by for random visits in the studio while we're recording. I feel like we even like called him. I think we've called him before. (laughs) Yeah. Um, if you aren't aware, uh, we recorded with Brandon a couple of years ago, uh, to talk about his cancer and his, the amputation of his leg. And, um, we ended up becoming very, very, very close and dear friends with Brandon and his cancer continued to resurface. Um, and, we're, we're saddened to say this week that, uh, that unfortunately Brandon's cancer, um, took his life. Uh, he passed away last week and we, we have very, very heavy hearts right now. Mm -hmm. So something that, something that kind of, you know, we got a lot of messages that day and, you know, I got a lot of messages from friends reaching out, um, and saying, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about Brandon and, um, you know, that how much he meant to us and how much he meant to the show and to everybody who listens to the show and our audience. Um, and it, uh, you know, you, you give a, you, you give a response to those people and they, when they, when they reach out and, and something that I kind of kept on going back to when I was responding to those was that, you know, that there's a lot of like reflection and there's a lot of learning in, in this, um, as you know, on the topic of, of, of talking about death, like something that, something that is, has been like, we've revisited many times on, in episodes over the past several months is this sort of like irrational, the irrational behavior of people when they find out that they've lost somebody. Mm. And Brian called me, I was on my way to teach yoga at this company and, and Brian called me and I, and my initial reaction was like, okay, Brian, that's great. But like, I got to go and do this thing. Like I can't almost like, dude, I can't deal with that right now because I have to, I have to check the boxes for the day. I actually asked you what you were going to do, like what you're, I was like, what are you doing today? And you told me that you were on your way to teach yoga. And I 
thought for a minute. I was like, nah, I'm, I'm not going to tell you right now. And then I, I just couldn't like, I couldn't not, Mm. I feel like I had to tell you. And, and then I, then and you just did, came which out. was the yeah. right, which was the right sure. move. And I hung up the phone with you. I basically said, all right, dude, I'll call you later when I'm done this. And I, I was starting to break, like reality was setting in when we were hanging up the phone. Mm-hmm. And then I just had, you know, my own time in the car. I pulled over for you to tell when you told me that. And, you know, I quickly realized how ludicrous that would be to go and stand in front of a bunch Ooh. of people. I'd just be a puddle of tears. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that, that, that knee jerk reaction to go, I can't, I can't deal with that news right now. Like I can't, I just want to put that to the side. I'll process that when I'm done, like living my life, you know, and how quickly it was like, Dude, this is your life. This is so yeah. much more your life right now. Mm-hmm. Is processing yeah. the loss of a of a friend. Um, Man, um, uh, one of the things that we've been asked like quite a few times in in uh, people hearing about like the passing of our of some of our past guests. Like, I think Brandon <clears throat> is now the fourth person to be on the podcast who passed away. And uh, people ask us like, oh, like how like is that hard? Is it hard to, you know, lose people that you become close with? And I mean, the answer to that question, I feel like is always yes. But the other thing is like, like we met Brandon through this podcast yeah, Mm -hmm. and like he became one of our best friends. And if we had never done this, then we never would have, you know, met him and grown to love him the way that, that we all have. So I think if anything, like I'm just really thankful that we get to meet the people that we do. And in particular, I'm thankful that, um, we got to know Brandon the way that we did because like, he's, he's somebody that I'll never forget. And mm-hmm. I know you guys won't either. And, and yeah, I just, I'm, I miss him like crazy and I love him. Have you guys had any, did you guys have any times during the week where you did, where you, where you really just didn't want to deal with like talking to people about it and Dude, you just wanted to avoid the whole thing? I fucking, I found out <clears throat> driving to the airport to go to Ottawa at 6am, Brian called me, told me, and I was supposed to get on a flight like 10 minutes after Brian told me. And I was flying to Ottawa to speak for a conference, a palliative hospice palliative care conference for like 200 people. I, I, I have never in my life not wanted to get on a plane so goddamn badly. <coughs> and when I landed, um, I was picked up by this woman, Suzanne, who was running the conference and her car was pulling up and I so, so badly did not want to get in. And I got in the car and the first thing she said to me was, how was your flight? Like everyone says that, mm-hmm. you know, you get off flight. How was your flight? And, uh, I like quickly through my head was like, just, just say it was great. It was great. And what came out was it was really hard. I found out my friend passed away just before I got on it. And man, I could not have been received 
at the airport by anyone more incredible than this woman. And of course, of course, you know, this woman, it, she deals in the, she works in the death trade mm-hmm. and everybody at this conference works in the death trade. And it was like, I didn't want to see anyone until this woman like just took me in her arms and brought me to this conference of all of these people who then after my speech and Brandon's in my fucking talk, there's a photo slide that comes up with Brandon. And of course God, I break down so hard. on the stage and everybody at this <clears throat> conference just took me into their arms and it was just like, I don't know, man, it was usually I would retreat. And in that moment I didn't. And it was, um, it was, it was exactly, I think exactly mm-hmm. what I needed in that moment. I had, um, I had kind of a similar <coughs> experience. I took, we found out, I found out Wednesday morning when Brian called me, I took the day off Wednesday and I took the day off on Thursday and I just kind of like on Wednesday we went for a hike and we, we kind of, we were with friends and, um, and then Thursday and that like felt really good. And on Thursday it was rainy and shitty and I stayed in my apartment all day and that sucked. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to teach on Friday morning. And I went in, it was a beautiful morning and everybody was coming into class and, uh, and people were saying, hey, how are you? You know, you're signing people into yoga Ooh. class and they're going, Hey, Hey, how are you, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm great. I'm, a, I'm this, I'm that like all like these positive things. And then this one girl came in and I knew that she knew about Brandon and I could tell that she knew because of the way she asked me how I was doing. She looked at me and it was in her voice and she said, Hey Taylor, like, how are you, how are you doing? Like in that way. Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of, like, I, I caught myself almost acting and I went <laughs> like, I'm good. <laughs> like, and gave a smile and like a little laugh. And, and then she walked away and I thought, fuck man, I just, I knew that she knew and I lied to her face Ooh. and I knew she was asking cause she was genuinely asking. And I went into the bathroom before I went in to teach and I was thinking about, I was going, I need to say, I need to be truthful to these, like to this group of people. Um, because I know that everybody coming into a yoga class is coming in with their own story yeah. and their own shit. And I forget that too much. I forget that everybody is like coming in with their own baggage, whatever that is, whether it's that they're fucking stiff or that they just lost somebody, you know, on either end of the spectrum. And I was thinking to myself like, man, I am just being the classic example of not practicing what I'm preaching if I don't acknowledge how I really feel and that it's okay to feel that way. Mm -hmm. And I went in and I said, Hey everybody, like when you guys came in, you all asked me how I was doing. And I said that I was good. Maybe I said, great. I was like, and that was a, that was a lie because I've had a tough week because I lost a dear friend. And, and then I just, and then I, and I said, I do this podcast and I, we talk about how we should be better at talking about death. And the last couple of days I've just been retreating from it. And, and that's made me feel like an imposter. So I just feel like I have to just be open and honest with you guys. And also know that I know that all of you are coming in here with God knows what, mm. 
And maybe we're in the same boat. Maybe we're not. But it should be okay for us to have this conversation. I think it's like an important lesson. I mean, personally, it was that was all an important lesson for myself that like opening your arms in in moments of grief and allowing people in when you feel like you want to shut off is like maybe really important Mm -hmm. for your own process. But also in the same in the same vein, like everyone grieves, everyone goes through different stages of grief. Right. And so taking time to yourself to reflect is really important as well. But I think it's easy to fall into that and not, and, and not go into the other, uh, other side of it, which is, which is inviting others to like help you through that process. Mm -hmm. So. And the support from that is, is so helpful. It's helpful. Like, you know, you just, and you get some real genuine humanity from, from people. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the struggle of going in and being honest with that from that experience with me was going, fuck dude, like just go in and teach them yoga. Like they don't want to hear this shit. They don't want to, they don't want to, they don't want me to bring them down with this news of my friend. Like, and every time that that, I said that to myself or I heard that happening in my head, it like reinforced how important it was to just go in and be fucking honest. And I think that the important thing about that is that like people don't look at that as bringing, bringing them down. Like it's not, it's not necessarily sad to talk about something like that because what people do see, I think is, is your ability to be vulnerable and okay with what's going on, which makes it okay for them to accept the shitty things that are happening in their Mm -hmm. lives and be okay with them too, which actually, instead of putting this baggage this emotional baggage on them. It actually lifts some of theirs off of them. It's like, yo, you're going through that too. And, but that's the false soundtrack that we play (laughs) for ourselves is that, is that, Oh, I'm being a downer. I'm being blah, blah. I'm being morbid. And we play that track and we allow ourselves far too often to believe it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's in the moments where you choose, which is fucking hard to choose to not believe it and go and go against that that you that you realize how how positive of a decision that is and how much how much positivity can come from it. Well, speaking of positivity, let's throw it to this week's episode. Um and you know what? I'm going to say this um we're, we're going to do this week, we're going to do Brandon's first episode, which if you haven't listened to it, it's fu- it's it's so fucking good. He was such a like well-spoken young strap strapping son of a bitch when he came in here. Yeah, shit, he was 19 then. Yeah, um, and we, we talk about a lot about his cancer and his, his uh, life as an amputee. Um, and you know what, next week as well, next Monday, we're going to play the second episode that we had him come on when his cancer returned for the second time. Uh, so f- these next two weeks are for, for you, Brandon. We love you. Uh, we'll miss you. And we hope you enjoy everything that this beautiful young man has to offer over the next hour and a bit. Love you, Bran. Love you, dude. Hey, Taylor. Hey, Jeremy. Uh, Hey, world. Hey, friends. (laughs) Uh, This week, we... Oh, man, I'm so excited about this episode. We we sat down with this super rad uh, young man, 19 years old, super well-spoken oh my god so well-spoken but the guy has been through 
hell and back over the last uh, nine months, essentially. He went through some crazy shit. And, um, and just having him in to talk to him about it was super cool. Yeah, so uh, one thing that kind of went along with, uh, with this episode is uh, Brandon's an amputee. <laughs> and there's some photos oh, that man. go along with his blog post. So oh. e- if you didn't know this already, every time that we do an episode, we also have a correlating blog post that we release on our website. For the most part, yeah. And they're the from our guests. Yeah, our guests fr- write these posts. Yeah. So uh, uh, A, if uh, you don't like our Facebook page already, go over there, like it, so you get those alerts when we drop those posts when we release our episodes. Uh, but also head over to the blog post, especially if you're into like really gut-wrenching <laughs> photos <laughs> there's some real gnarly stuff on there today they're super cool oh yeah super cool but they also make you feel weird <laughs> yeah you know when you get that weird feeling in the tip of your dick oh dude what <laughs> no <laughs> no when you see something real gnarly you just go oh, oh okay i actually i kind of yeah, get what you're talking what I mean? about it, yeah. i feel more in my butt and my like my butthole goes like <laughs> okay jesus christ enough of this uh if you're still listening <laughs> keep tuning in because uh, we love this episode and uh we're excited for you all to hear it enjoy see you later welcome to sick boy a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick today's guest is brandon thomas he has an osteosarcoma let's talk about it Yeah, your lungs would be fucking solid. Okay, well, how about how about this? <laughs> okay, uh, tell us your name. My name is Brandon Thomas. Hey, Brandon. And uh, what are you what what are you here to talk about today? I'm here to talk about. Uh, I was diagnosed with an osteosarcoma in my left thigh, and uh, that's a big word. Yeah, I know. Osteo, osteo, osteo means sarcoma. bone, and sarcoma yeah. means tumor. So okay, so you had a tumor. You had a bone tumor. Yeah. And uh, it resulted in me getting a rotation plasty. Oh, of course. Van Ness, which yes. is like yeah. my foot, well, my lower leg is rotated at 180 degrees. My upper thigh is removed, and they attached the lower leg. Okay, yeah, so my... <laughs> that, was a, so that was a really it, good yeah. description. It really was, but However, I feel like... it's, uh, like it's still hard. To... People are going to Google it. So oh, you yeah. take your... You, you, your thigh was... You, you, let's take your whole leg yeah. and then cut it in half in the upper leg and the lower leg. They were like, upper leg, throw it in the garbage. It's full of tumor. It's let's throw it tumor. out. full of tumor. We don't need it anymore. Let's take the lower leg and make it your upper leg. Yeah, essentially because, like, my foot, now that it's backwards, works as a knee joint. Yeah, so they took your they took your lower leg mm-hmm. from about, say, the knee. Yep, got rid of the knee. And they, and they took that and they attached it to your hip. Yeah, I still have, so you like, have a So you have a lower leg yeah. starting at your hip. Yeah. And where your knee would originally be is now where your ankle and your foot is. Yeah, exactly. On, exactly. Your, on your left leg. Yeah. And I still have like a really small bit of femur left that it's attached to. 
And, okay. And you yeah. and you will when because you've you're still going through like making that all work. work yeah. That you will have a, a prosthetic lower leg attached yeah. to that. Attached, but. Okay, so eventually they left eventually. a foot on, though, right? Yes, but they turned it around backwards. Well, so you have a backwards well, foot. No, the, they turned the leg around backwards. The foot, like, was, yeah, the foot's yeah. the same. Oh, the, the foot's still facing the right way, dude. It's like it's like this. <laughs> that doesn't Take, work for yeah. Uh, the, yeah pe- people can't really. Sorry, yeah. But yes, hey, wait, can I can I see it? Yeah, I'm gonna come over there. And, I just want to see. And you know, dude, he's got pictures because. Okay, so. Oh yeah! Whoa, dude! Yeah. And Holy like, fuck, dude! That's your whole foot. That's my whole foot, and so like you've got this like little leg coming out of your hip. Yeah, and exactly. it goes right down to your foot. And so like you, I can't fully move it yet because I had. Some, oh, but you can move your ankle. But you've got I'm some supposed to be able to, to fully move it. Whoa! Eventually. Yeah. So you basically have one full leg and then one half leg that's yeah. just backwards. So when it's fully flexed, so like when my toes are pointing towards the ground, if I was standing, that would be me standing up with the prosthetic leg on. And okay. then when I flex it and bring it back, it brings the lower part of the leg back. So your ankle and your heel work as your the the knee joint. Yeah, it's a it's a knee joint. Yeah. So, so they, but but they'll they're not gonna like they're not gonna like it's hard for people. To, I'm, I feel like it's hard for people to understand. But no, they're got, not gonna we're, cut we're, the top of your foot off. We've got pictures so that it so that it like um, no. it's like flush with the back of your leg. No, see, usually when people have this, they're young, uh, so usually there isn't a huge mismatch between their thigh and their lower leg but i'm older so we did have an issue and it's just a matter of like getting it to heal then dude that's so wild it's so like it's so interesting looking you know oh yeah i get all the oh i bet kids freak out oh, i bet well, you freak the fuck out of kids. jeremy how many how many legs how many feet have you seen turned around uh none Oh, like I have kids ask me if I was born this way. Yeah. Or like they just freak out and yell at their mom and their mom freaks out. It's great. <laughs> yeah, their mom's like, ah, what the fuck? Yeah. I was telling the guys that I can just tell these children I tried drugs once and. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you you fucked without a condom and this yeah, is what happened. Yeah, and uh, every time I did it, the foot just turned more and more and more. <laughs> now look what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so you, uh, so you, what's your, uh, what's like your timeline of your, of your diagnosis? And yeah, and how you find how, what, you, what prompted you finding out about it? Yeah, you're yeah, a young buck, right? My story is uh, how old are you? I'm 19, just turned 19. You in just June. just turned 19. Well, I guess it's been a while, but yeah, in June. Yeah. All right. Um, I was diagnosed March 10th, so coming up. Yeah, almost like last year, 2015. Yeah, and I forget when you guys know the Terry Fox story. Kind of yeah. familiar because same. Uh, I'm kind of familiar with him. What's what's his deal? Well, same. <laughs> Terry Fox is the same. Tumor I had. Yeah. Um, For all of our American listeners, uh, if, I think you, if you don't Fox, know. Terry Fox is a global thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what, though? I, I know a lot of Americans don't know who he is. Uh, they don't. They have no okay. idea who the yeah, fuck that guy is. Anyway. Terry Fox was a Canadian uh, who had the same cancer as, as yeah. Brandon. And uh, he lost his leg and mm-hmm. he had a, amp- uh, a prosthetic. And he, uh, in trying to raise awareness... Uh, of that particular cancer, he set out to run from um, Vancouver, yeah, all the way to no. Newfoundland, no. or the other, the opposite, no, other way. way around. Yeah. He started on started the East Coast. started in Newfoundland and was going to run to Vancouver, yeah. uh, but he he passed away in yeah. the middle of that. I that think he run. made it as far as Thunder Bay, Manitoba. Yeah, okay, did, sure. yeah, it yeah. metastasized his lungs. Yeah, and he's a national treasure. I yeah. mean, the guy's on our fucking money. Uh, yeah. he's is he on our money? 
No? Stamps. Uh, there's Stamps. a loony. He's in loony. the passport. Oh, yeah, he's a loony. Yeah. In, uh, passports now. There's a yeah, page with him in it. Yeah. But, so um, he, he means a lot. He's a, he's a, he's a hero. He's a and Canadian a, hero. And there's a, there's, a, there's a Terry Fox Day every year. Every year, yeah. We, and we recognize him. So what, he, I, what I found was cool, though, is because Terry Fox, like usually when you get diagnosed with osteosarcoma, it's because your femur breaks under the pressure of this tumor. Holy fuck. Or it grows silently, metastasizes to your lungs, and kills you. Right. Okay. Um, it breaks your femur. Yeah, because it's like mine was the size of like a football when they took it out. So. Just like a, your femur is like, like a Hulk tumor. But wait, oh. you didn't. You didn't like it. Was there a, a bump or well, something? Yeah. You noticed? So like Terry Fox found out because he got in a car crash. He hurt his knee. Complained about knee problems. Goes in. Has a tumor. I was at the gym. Dropped a seventy pound dumbbell on it, Whoa. and it just got out of my hands. Fell right dead center of my quad. Thought nothing of it. And then I was kind of rubbing my hands down my legs, felt a little lump, and I was like, no big deal. It's probably just like a muscle, something. Yeah, you just dropped 70 pounds yeah. of weight on yeah. it. It's, it's going to swell up, yeah, of course. Yeah, I didn't think it was anything. And then as I go to the gym, um, I couldn't do squats anymore, things like that. Just the, it started to really hurt. <coughs> so I thought, okay, I, I tore something or I strained something. Because, of course, I'm not going to go, it's a tumor. Yeah. So uh, I ended up, I went to a massage therapist. She beat the shit out of it. Tried to break oh, it down. God. Didn't work. Dude, uh, I tried. And was it painful? Oh, yeah. it was fucking painful. I yeah. tried foam rolling it. I tried doing everything you should not do to a tumor. Oh my god! I'm surprised it didn't just explode. Is uh, it like a? Is it like a video game? Like bat? Uh, like a, a video game? Um, uh, a villain where like it, the more you hit it, the more power it grows. Like, is it? Does not, it get worse the more you fucking not, foam roll not it? Not really. It? No. But, like, okay. And then I had, I had that was ac- a really stupid question. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> had, was. Yeah, it was. I had acupuncture done on it. Oh, yeah. And oh, then, God. Uh, I finally found someone who put, like, I guess he thought because I dropped the dumbbell, he diagnosed me with something called myositis ossificans, which is calcification of soft tissue due to blunt trauma. And it's the number one thing that can mask an osteosarcoma in an x ray. Oh. So I was like, this is what I got. And uh, I actually piggybacked a girl all the way from Dow all the way to Quinpool Road. I woke up the next morning. <laughs> That's a distance. Yeah, I woke that up the next a- morning. My leg was just howling. And I was like, okay, something's wrong. So I, I showed it to my dad. And at this point, my whole thigh just looks like it's constantly like flexed. It looks like it's like a rock because it was pushing on the quadricep muscles like so much. Right. So he's like, okay, that's not fucking normal. Are we talking like right on the front of your thigh? Yeah, like mid-thigh. Like, like mid-thigh. Mine was yeah. distal, so it was like more in the middle of the femur. Yeah. Okay, right. And uh, so he's like, that's not doesn't look right. So went in, got an x-ray. And so the way myositis like masks it is because when you do the x-ray, you'll see this cloudy image, but it won't be flush with the bone, right? Because my tumor's coming out of the bone. So the cloud was flush with the bone. It's like attached to the bone? Yeah. And so the doctor was like, could be a tumor. And I was just like, what the fuck? Did he say it like that? Well, kind of like, like we were, we were, we were were friends with this doctor. So he was pretty like straightforward, just like, there's a possibility. And then, so we went and did an MRI. Uh, They did not like the looks of the MRI. They, I went home from the MRI and they called me back and said, we want you to come in for a bone scan, CAT scan. Uh, so I did that. Like, like pretty much immediately. Immediately, yeah. Um, they did the bone can't. And, and during, so during yeah. this sort of 
span of what? Maybe a, a few days? Or Yeah, or? we found it on a Monday and had every test uh, done by a Thursday other than the surgical biopsy. Uh, wow. What was going through your mind? Like, this is very fast. Yeah, it was super fast, which is great. Um, but part of me just really didn't want to believe that it was a tumor. And I just wanted to believe it was that myositis thing because it just made sense. You know, you drop the dumbbell, cause and effect. That's why it happens. Yeah. You don't just fucking bump your shoulder and then and there's, there's a oops, tumor there. There's oh, cancer. There's cancer. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and it made it worse because as we were going through all this and then they, they called me in to do a needle biopsy and they stuck a huge needle in my leg and uh, sent one to the clinic in the States, one here. One here said uh, negative, uh, like they said I didn't have cancer. Whoa. Yeah. And the one in the States said positive for cancer. So they said, okay, need to do a surgical biopsy and book me for that. But, um, Holy shit, dude. Yeah. And I, I met with, uh, cause there's two doctors here that are, do the surgeries and I met with uh, the senior guy and I explained to him my story and he told me, uh, that he was 90% sure that it was not a tumor. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. And, wow. but the thing was, if you looked at my x-ray, I was missing all these characteristics of an osteosarcoma. Uh, of a tumor, right. And I don't know if it was because of everything I did to it, all the manipulation, all the massage. Rolling it out. Yeah, Rolling it out with a fucking rolling pin. Yeah. Like, I was going hard on that thing. So yeah. I think that's why. Um, but then they did the surgical biopsy, which kind of made things worse almost. Because as soon as you just open up a tumor and take a piece of it, it just gets all swelled up and shit. <laughs> Um, so they cut what, like what do they do to do to do the they biopsy? They make a pretty small incision on the side of my leg, and then just basically go in and take like uh, it's like a two golf ball sized like chunk, and then they cut oh, that in half. So they just, that's a fucking huge chunk. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit, yeah. dude! And they take one. Half I thought they of would it. just take like a little sliver. Uh-uh. They take. Uh, they need a big, big piece, right? Two golf balls jammed together we're not, we're not, like or two separate golf ball sizes it was like well one golf ball for this lab and then one golf ball for the other lab oh man yeah um holy shit but it's because they need like so much like different layers of tissue and like that yeah. type of shit right yeah um and they're t- when they're doing this biopsy this is to take that test it and say malignant or benign exactly yeah and uh knowing my luck like when they did the needle biopsy it fell onto like i think it was like marsh break or something so i had to wait even longer and then when I same with the other biopsy it was another holiday. Wait, doctors take March break? Yeah, <laughs> what yeah the I fuck? guess the labs. But either way, <laughs> I didn't know that. Dude, everyone has to take March break. Oh, but I thought it was just like sick uh, people can wait. I thought yeah. it was just students. So they uh, they called me in. They all went down to Cancun. And just <laughs> got fucked. Yeah, fuck that kid. <laughs> Came home like, oh shit, what? Oh yeah, they killed the tumor. I guess we'll check it out. Yeah, <laughs> they uh, they called me in and they basically told me like you have cancer and it's likely in stage two. <laughs> Uh, and uh, like so, you know, my parents are freaking out. Like it doesn't make sense. And I mean, doctors are great. And he basically told me it's like a silent killer. So it just it just grows. That's what I really wanted to hear. He said yeah, it'll, yeah. it'll grow, and you just won't know. You're, you're lucky you found out and you dropped that dumbbell. You just yeah. have an assassin. Do you, do you feel that way though? Do you yeah. feel lucky about that? I do because, like, like I said, people usually break their femur or spread their right. lungs. Yeah. But in a way, like me dropping that dumbbell. I didn't. I might have only found it when it was either progressed to. Yeah, so potentially that saved saved your life. Yeah, exactly. And at this stage, they were telling me that all they were going to do was remove the piece of my femur that was infected, take a donor piece of femur, like allograft, and replace it. Keep my leg, and that was the plan. And I was sounds like a pretty solid plan. Pretty solid plan. It's going to have twenty eight chemo treatments, and went in, got my portacath put in my chest. 
It's ready to go. Wham, bam. Thank you, man. You said nine months. You weren't in hospital for nine I, uh, months. I actually, I, I went home maybe four times. I had about 10 Whoa. different complications, so they just felt it was not safe for me to go home. You straight up made that place your home. Dude, yeah, so I did. So that's March of last year. So, like, December. you haven't spent much time out of the hospital. Oh. Yeah. Fuck, buddy. This, Welcome this, back this, to the this, real world, it, man. It's pretty scary. Shit. Yeah. This is the biggest group of people I've been around. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned before we started recording that you got to go to the children's hospital, though. Yeah, um, since this is considered like a childhood illness, like it's seen usually in people from, I guess, I don't know, I guess I'm assuming infancy to the age of 18, it's usually and cut off. Osteosarcoma, Osteosarcoma, specifically? Do you know why yeah. that is? Uh, I didn't they know. said, like, they don't know a lot of it about it. They said the one correlation that they think has to do with growth spurts. So when your body's at its most amount of like cellular development and shit's going crazy, that it can happen. Um, like, you know, I felt like maybe that dumbbell did something. They said no. I mean, like going back to Terry Fox to the day he died, he always said that car crash did something cause before he was fine, but then he had issues with his knee. Mm-hmm. Turned out this was in his knee. So you were fine. Like there was no nothing, I was, nothing before I you was dropped it. good. Perfectly good. Dropped a dumbbell, got a tumor. Well, that's what I was saying. Wow. I mean, this is Stay what I was saying gym. about the whole Lesson like learned. don't drop any dumbbells. Uh, just don't go to the gym. Well, <laughs> it, you know what I was what I said earlier that I that I admitted was kind of stupid, but it wasn't that stupid uh, because I feel like uh, you know you if that tumor was there mm-hmm. anyway. And then you drop the dumbbell on it. It's like you angered the tumor, right? Yeah, yeah. I, this yeah. is a really lame and stupid way of putting it, but it's like you, that dumbbell yeah. slammed it, and then that like that caused inflammation in the tumor. That exactly. tumor started to grow on that inflammation. Bro I science. mean, it's a bro science for sure. No but, matter what, but that could totally be that makes sense in my yeah. brain. You know, and what I mean, mean? Like, just dropping seventy pounds on a tumor just can't be good. So. No, fuck no. You know, I mean, it makes sense <laughs> in my brain. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. But listen, listen. If you, <laughs> yeah. if you were thinking about it the other way, I mean, you look at guys in like the UFC or or, or whatever Taekwondo or boxing, like they're they're not getting tumors punched into their fucking head. Yeah. It makes so much sense uh, in my brain. Then wait, <laughs> does that contradict what you just said? Then no, because what you guys are saying is that maybe the actual the dumbbell dropping caused the tumor. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. What sure. I'm saying is that say the dropping <laughs> dropping the dumbbell. Cause the tumor to freak grow, out yeah. and fucking grow like at an come exponential out of the bone, rate. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Right? Because sometimes like they, it won't come out of the bone, right? That's when you're... No, I fucking didn't. <laughs> you just made up that we thought that. <laughs> we didn't think that. Nah, you did. Nope. <laughs> uh, listeners, uh, just rewind about three minutes and uh, you'll hear exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, uh, I'll put 20 bucks on that. <laughs> yeah. Me Without too. even Whatever. going back. Whatever. So yeah, we, uh, we started treatment right away. And after my first treatment, like the tumor started freaking out. Uh, got real swollen. They said that was normal, uh, which it wasn't. Turned out I went home for that one night. It was like Mother's Day. All the veins in my like thigh turned black. Uh, I was then like, it, was, it wasn't right. So he took me to the hospital the next morning. Um, and then I spiked this high fever, went in the shock. Uh, turned out I had internal bleed in the tumor. Oh, wow. So I was bleeding into the tumor. So I was essentially feeding the tumor. Uh, I lost like 30% of my blood supply, uh, just like bleeding into it. Uh, So it'd be like just like cutting yourself and bleeding out, except it was basically just going into the the tumor. Uh, They took me to the ICU, uh, figured out what was going on. This is in the midst of your chemo. Yeah, it was the first treatment. Okay. So I was like, great, 27 more to go. Um, I went to the uh, HI for the specialist, put a little tool, basically like went in my groin, on the right side of my groin, went through the artery and like, Cauterized it. Uh, 
And so that was the end of the bleed, basically. So that was my first complication. Um, but I also had like lungs collapse. I had uh, what the I, fuck? Uh, I, what was that from? Are you just dropping dumbbells being, all over your body, like <laughs> laying in bed for so long. Like having uh, one of my treatments when I would get methyltrexate, uh, they'd have to pump you. Like I'd have to stay uh, with fluids all day because I'd have to get it out of my system because the effect it can have on my like my bladder. Mm. So they're always like measuring my pee and shit to make sure the levels like get out of my body. Did in you a say certain timeline? Did you say methyltrexate? Methyltrexate. Methyltrexate. Did, did you just call it meth for short? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I had the methyltrexate, the doxyrubin. Definitely, definitely sounds like a transformer. And the yeah. cisplatin. Yeah, all three. Dude, Jesus. you're pretty, you're pretty, you're yeah, pretty you good got with those fucking became, words down. Honestly, like, nine months, like they just handed me my nursing degree and they're like, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> you're a nurse now. So no. your, your lungs collapsed because you were in bed for so just long? Just not moving, laying in bed. Uh, apparently they filled up with like fluid in one side and then my lower part of my left lung collapsed. Yeah. Fuck, man, the so body. That, yeah. what, did that, what did that feel like? I just like couldn't breathe and just, had horrible back pain. And uh, God, that sounds man, exactly like me right now. Yeah, it's crazy. Fuck, my back it's is crazy so because fucked. you're when you're talking about so this, fucked. you're saying like I I've had I've had like in yeah. the in the past like as if it happened years ago or like no, was, uh, like no, this like, yeah, yeah. no bro but this like, is like three but, weeks ago man yeah like all of this all of this shit <clears throat> has been so <clears throat> recent so like. Yeah. Like, how have you been, and and especially when you're in these moments, how are you, like, handling that emotional stress? Yeah, like, I what's like, going through your head? Well, like, what's from, like, day one when I got diagnosed, like, they told me, like, you have cancer. I went home, and I just kind of, like, looked myself in the mirror, and I just kind of, like, sat there for 10 minutes, and I told myself that it would go one of two ways. This was going to kill me, or I was going to beat it. And I had to fight it, and that was it. And I just never saw like any choices through it. It's like you just you have to do the chemo, you got to do the physio, you got to go to bed. If you don't, if you give up, you're it's gonna kill you. Like, yeah. And I mean, like, and that's why I was kind of lucky to be at the IWK because like there's so many supports there mentally. I was able to like stay strong the whole right. time. So the IWK is the Children's Place Hospital here in yeah. in Halifax. So uh, because of osteosarcoma, you're 19, but you. You got to stay yeah. in the children's hospital and and be in this environment that was a lot more beneficial for use my tumor to my advantage. Yeah, dude, straight yeah. up though, the IWK, like in terms of being admitted mm. compared to the fucking QE two, oh man, night and day. Like yeah. you're looking at you're you, the like even down to the fucking color of the paint they put on the walls. Like yeah. you, there's something so depressing about being in the QE two. Yeah. QE2 is the out is like the regular hospital here. Yeah. But man, the IWK is like they're fucking awesome yeah. over there. I don't know. Like how that place is unreal. I could have done nine months if I wasn't there. Yeah. Because like mentally, like that was the big thing. And like the nurses even told me, like, you you need to keep your mental strength up. Cause you know, if you don't, working on this floor, on the oncology floor, they see, you know, cancer take kids all the time. Fuck. But it's Sometimes you know it's those ones that just give up and they're depressed and they they don't want to take their meds or they you know always yeah. come you know and but it's hard like not to be depressed but you just got to stay focused and just really want to <clears throat> beat it and you know uh, this is kind of veering off a little bit but uh, nine months is a long time to be in a hospital obviously you know with yeah. off and on four times but like <laughs> in general nine months yeah. Uh, you're seeing the same nurses, I'm assuming, over and over and over again, yep. or a lot of the same nurses. Yeah. Uh, did you did you did you 
Did you just did you start to like crush on any of them? Like, oh, I had man, there's, I had there's some crushes. beautiful nurses <laughs> in the city, especially on the oncology floor. They put oh, yeah. all of the hot nurses in the <laughs> oncology floor, right? Yeah. So and uh, no, I became pretty close to a lot of them. Yeah, and, uh, it was great. Yeah, um, yeah, that was good. Uh, <laughs> is there is there a story that we oh, like? No, there's no real story. No. I mean, even my dad liked it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I had that all happen. And I, while this was going on, um, <coughs> they uh, they called me. And so I was at this point, I had all my treatments leading up to my, like, s- surgical planning day. And I was, you know, in between this time, I was having scans and stuff like that. Was your surgical planning the 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 what they were talking about doing yeah. with the femur bone? Yeah, but what I thought it was going to be was they were going to just take the tumor out and put that other piece of femur in. Yeah, yeah. At this point, I thought I was keeping my leg. Like, and all my scans I was having, they were telling me, "Oh, your scans look great. Like your tumor looks like it's shrinking." I was like, "Sweet, great. Right. <laughs> we're on the right road. Awesome." <laughs> awesome. And then uh, we Did, sat- do you think they had any idea that they weren't going to be able to do the? I really, yeah, I really don't know. Like, if they did, yeah, if they did, they were keeping it a secret, right? <laughs> but uh, doctors, I mean, surgeons are you know cut and dry. So I basically sat in a room with you know all these doctors, my parents, my physiotherapist, like you know, all these other supports, and they looked at me and said, "So can't save your leg. Uh, it's got to go." Your tumor has uh, not grown in size so much, but it has in length. It's too close to your knee. It's too close to your hip. It's in your quadriceps, and it's also in your hamstrings. Um, Jesus. Yeah, and they said it straight up. They said, all right, so here are your three choices. We can uh, take the femur out and put a rod, but you won't have any muscles to make that really work. So you'll basically have like a leg that really won't be – you'll have difficulty bending your knee. You'll have difficulty doing – all sorts of shit, right? So it wouldn't be a... Like, I'm 19. I don't want to live the rest of my life Fuck like that. Yeah. I'd also have to have numerous surgeries, right? Because the rod breaks down over a certain amount of years, get it replaced. Those are huge surgeries, right? Um, then they also said other choice was just high amputation right to the fucking... Right up to my hip. Just get rid of the fucking thing. Or... And give you, like, a full leg prosthetic? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or they said we can do the rotation plasty. And this sounded fucking crazy to me because they were like, all right, so we're going to remove your thigh, take your lower leg, turn it around, reattach it, and your <sighs> foot will be a knee. And then I just started like breathing like real heavy and I looked at my physiotherapist. <laughs> you started laughing. You're like, yeah, but, but yeah. for real, what is it? <laughs> Dude, but wait, what? <laughs> but I just want to say you explained that so well and so clearly in such it's in such a small amount of words. And yeah. We're here at the start of the episode, like trying yeah. to explain what it looked like. Uh, yeah, and that was it right there. You nailed it. Yeah, yeah, you nailed that so fast. But then, but what was so? How did you make that decision then? Uh, like, what, what, what was that process like? Weighing in on well, what option to pick? Yeah. So, like, they told me they told me that, and uh, so I freaked out at that point, and I was like, I looked at my physiotherapist. I said, I need to leave. I just I couldn't process it at the time. Uh, right. Especially because rotation plasty sound like some crazy made up shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it sounds yeah. so yeah. You're, you're like in one, in, and you have half a mind that's like, that sounds fucking crazy and like some made up shit, but it also sounds like maybe the the best option. Yeah. So I, my parents stayed in there. I left and uh, I spoke to my physiotherapist about it. And uh, it ended up coming down to we. Uh, 
And at this point, when this is all happening, are yeah. you able to walk? No, I'm in a wheelchair. You're just straight because confined. like they want to keep the leg, even though my femur didn't break, it could at like any time. Anytime, yeah. So oh. I, I was not weight bearing and I was wearing yeah. like a brace just to keep it straight yeah. all the time. Um, what's the difference between uh, what's like, what's the, what's the pros and cons of what you chose to do and the full amputation of the leg? Um, so you do full amputation of the leg, you're losing uh, a knee joint. And you're losing the ability to, you know, bend and move your lower leg with your, like, fucking brain, brain. right? Make that shit work. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have an artificial knee joint. It's based off of, like, gravity and weight and all that shit. Um, But with me, the way my prosthetic works, when I, you know, flex my foot, I can control the lower leg. So it's essentially, like, still having the leg. So I I would have more mobility. Yeah. Um, People who have had rotation plasties return to sports, uh... I recently just spoke to a guy who's uh, on his way, like going to Rio for the Special Olympics. Sweet. Um, some like he's like a track star in the states, and he played, you know, Oscar He played basketball, football, and lacrosse in high school. Like he played all these sports, and like so he was still able to be really, really active and return to like basically normal functioning life. So that's really kind of what sold me on it. Yeah. Because that's what I wanted, right? To to do you have um, get back? Do you? This is something I I have a I have a friend who uh, and I was telling you I have a friend who has a, a an amputation from like just above the knee, but I've never asked him this question. Do you have any like phantom feeling? Thing is with the rotation plasty. So the reason you get phantom pain is because they will sever like your nerve right at a certain angle. When they did my surgery, I still have the nerve and the vascular bundle of a full leg. It's just wrapped up, right? So that sounds Whoa. pretty crazy. Yeah. Where is it wrapped up to? I don't really, I think it's kind of near, I don't up, actually up really Up by know. the hip probably? Yeah, more yeah. Up, up there. Um, they, just gave, they gave you a third nut. They just wrapped it up <laughs> yeah. and, and kind of like yeah. fed it down to your yeah. sack and you're like, hey, yeah. check it out. No, but. Uh, Three balls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. No, I never really had any like phantom pain. Um, for a while, like it would be hard. Like I lost my balance once and like your first instinct would be to put that leg out Yeah, yeah. and there was no leg there and I fell and, uh, but shit like that kind of took a while to get used to. Um, but where it's still, I have my foot and stuff like that. Like your foot's built to bear pressure and weight. Mm -hmm. So that's also another benefit. So when I wear that prosthetic and I load, it's going to essentially feel almost like you're standing on two legs. So was this the were these the things that your physiotherapist was telling you? Yeah. After that moment of like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. I gotta take some it, time. It was, and then we asked to meet with the doctors again, and uh, one of the physiotherapists there to discuss, you know, my options. And the physiotherapist at the hospital was saying, "Listen, like, I don't know if it's gonna work. You're 19. Usually, children have this done." Your brain might not be able to remap everything out. Your foot might never, you know, function. She was telling me all the reasons why, like, I shouldn't do it. And right across the street is the rehab center where they make prosthetics. And I thought, this dude has to do with prosthetics all the time. If, he yeah, if anyone know. knows. And yeah. I, was, I was so happy I went to see this guy because <laughs> he basically told me, he's like, the only issue I see would be, like, you know, yourself thinking you can't do it. Like, you're 19, <laughs> you're still young, you can make mm-hmm. it work. I've seen people, you know, around your age do it. And he's kind of sold me on it and, you know, made all the, the points of like how much function I would have and how much function I would be losing. Um, and how like, you know, he, he knows people that have above knees that would do anything to actually have a knee joint that works, right? Cause mm-hmm. the function you right. get back and the things you can do. 
It's just uh, it would change things, right? One of the things that uh, actually the the other thing I was thinking is with with your foot on backwards like that, or, or I guess your whole leg on backwards. Yeah. How does the foot fit into the prosthetic? Because what I'm used to seeing for a prosthetic that's done just like a stump. below the knee is like a stump that fits into yeah, like, yeah. like a cup or something. I do like have um, pictures of a prosthetic to show you guys, but I guess best way would be explain it is like think of a shoe, I guess, but like because. I can point my foot like pretty straight, right? So, right, um, like a ballerina. Yeah, like that, you would kind yeah. of uh, like point your toes towards the earth. Yeah, yeah. Um, I point them down, and I'd have almost like a shoe type thing, uh, and then that might on the bottom have a blade or you know a prosthetic foot, and then it's usually so that piece, and then basically almost like a brace that would go around around the top of the hip. Okay. Or top of like my thigh. Right. Um, just like make everything solid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's it's pretty straightforward. And then that just has like a little hinge by my ankle. And when I move up and down, it just kind of moves a little Like one part. of those curved, cool. like one of those like half moon blades. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Those, those are, those are, those are pretty yeah. badass. so badass. That's, that's cool where you can make a, foot. that's where you can make a Pistorius reference to because that's what that dude was running on right he had two of those blades yeah the blade running yeah you know that when they were talking about oscar oscar pistorius running in the in the olympics instead of the special olympics there was a big thing about how like oh he just has like he's got an advantage he's got an mm, advantage over everybody for sure cyborg man yeah Yeah. because his legs provide more spring more spring real legs that that guy's like a fucking robotic cheetah i think one of the (laughs) other things that they talked about was lactic acid buildup um, oh yeah, and also I don't, I'm don't pretty know, sure he was signs. he was like just pointing a gun at everyone he was fucking <laughs> racing against. Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh. um, uh oh. Anyway, I also I also I always he is in jail. I've I've thought about this in life, like what what how I would feel or what I would what would how would I try to think or shift my perspective if something <clears throat> like this happened to me. And one of the things that I always think would be my my kind of like saving grace or thing that would get me through dealing with something like that would be wanting to compete in like wheelchair basketball or like sledge hockey and things like that because it's those sports I've I've briefly played them once or twice at like a special Olympics thing and it's so much fun but you feel like you as an able bodied person mm. then you can't as able bodied. Yeah, racist? Yeah, it's yeah, super racist. Is, is able bodied and you disabled are those, are those not, <laughs> You and your two legs. Is, are, those, me. are those not PC anymore? I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I, it's I fine know. by me. Do you yeah, know I don't what mind. you know? Is is that like I, I have think no, so. I, I was no only idea. I was able bodied a couple months ago. well I I would like to before we get into talking about the surgery and how all that went. I, I am curious to know because you are you know you're a young fella mm. you're fuck you're a big dude you look yeah. you look f- like f- fit as shit I used to be fitter y- yeah <laughs> and so what what was what was Brandon before cancer like what just, what were you into like what I, were you doing I, I played football when I was in high school um, I was I finished my first year I just went to like community college after um, so I got one year of that done but I just spent a lot of time in the gym stuff like that like I was pretty fit and active. Um, so yeah, like I wasn't someone that just kind of sat around and didn't do anything. So it was pretty tough just to like 
spend all this time in bed. Yeah, like, then that all like, came to a halt. Yeah, yeah. And then you find out, okay, I can do this thing where they're going to cut off my fucking leg and reattach it backwards at mm-hmm. my hip, and I'll be able to have like a really fucking cool prosthetic that I can actually use. Yeah. Are you, coming back to what Brian was saying, like, are you, do you plan on, Yeah. do I, you have ideas of what you want to do? Yeah, um, I definitely want to get back to the weight training as much as I can. Um, but like things like wheelchair basketball or I don't know, there's like lots of stuff out there. Yeah. Um, but I haven't really looked into it yet because like I don't have the prosthetic. Murder ball. Right. Have you have you seen the yeah. documentary Murder Ball? Uh, no, I haven't. Holy oh, shit, fucking dude! Super it's one, badass. It's one of it's so one good. of the if not the best movie I've ever seen, mm. and it's about a like wheelchair basketball or rugby documentary. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, best yeah and those guys best documentary fuck each yeah, other up. I mean. <laughs> They're so rough. It's I've awesome. Used, uh, it's uh, well done. Like I don't use wheelchairs a lot. I don't really like using them. But uh, I did use a <gasps> basketball wheelchair when I was in the hospital. Like they had one, and I tried it out, and they're fucking crazy. Yeah, like, but you can't stop them, and they they turn on a dime like they're sick. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. You should start like I don't know. Is there is there kind of the parkour of wheelchairing? <laughs> Get into that shit. That would yeah. be cool as fuck. I'm starting my own thing. The parkour <laughs> wheelchair parkour of wheelchairing. Yeah, I, I is meant, that what you said. Yeah, I meant the the wheel the. I don't know. You know what I meant. I think you should. You do fucking the, knew uh, what I meant. Don't look at me like that. Listen, you're coming down on me hard on this episode. Just, the, you know, the, it's hurt uh, my feelings. The uh, amputee um, breakdancing is really cool. Oh, the crush. That'd be great on that because I can just stand on the one. Amputee voguing. Amputee voguing. Yeah. So tell us about the surgery. You decide you're gonna you're gonna yeah. go with the the what, what's it called again? Rotation plastic. Rotation plastic. Apparently, it's existed for like quite some time. It was named after I guess a dude named Van Ness, some German guy um, who did it for fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, crazy experiment. But he, uh, he it wasn't. Backwards really well. <laughs> yeah. Taurus pulled over at German gas stations. <laughs> it, oh. it wasn't originally used for like uh, cancer patients. It was used for like, you know, people that had either issues with the way they were born and it would give them more function. Um, so it's existed for a while, but it's only like, it's recently been adopted into like people who have rotation plasties and, you know, the knee has to go or most of the thigh has to go and then. That's an option. Was a lot of the research uh, for osteosarcoma, is that a, a product of uh, the work that Terry Fox and the Terry Fox Foundation has done? Yeah, I feel like a big chunk of it has. And I, and I felt like like before, of course, I always respected Terry Fox, but as soon as I got diagnosed and I was going through it and having the same cancer he had, and I kind of realized like maybe my odds that I have now, I wouldn't have if he didn't do the shit he did. Yeah. So it made me have like no a doubt. whole new different respect yeah. Yeah. towards yeah. him. Uh, uh, so yeah, let's surgery. let's talk about the surgery. Yeah, let's yeah. get back to the surgery. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty like intense leading up to the surgery, of course. Like it just get, got more intense every day, like waiting. Um, and like intense, like emotionally, right? Like it was just like, fuck, like I'm losing my leg. Last time looking at my thigh. Shit like that. You did know? you? Did you? Were you able to go out and like? Were you feeling well <laughs> enough that you could go out and do things uh, that you were kind of like? I, I don't, re- might not get to do this for a while. Not really, because I couldn't put but weight you, on you it. You were kind of walk. in a wheelchair, right. so I mean, yeah, there wasn't really yeah. much I could do. Right? Was there any? Was there any like? Or and is there any risk in? Uh, like, can it affect your 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 dick at all? Like, can it affect your reproductive organs in losing your leg? <laughs> no, but there was like. 
part of like I guess when you get like the surgery done, there's so much inflammation and swelling going. Yeah, that it like can travel like that fluid, mm. and so like I woke up. And my balls were so swollen. Oh, yeah. Like, they were huge. And I was like, nurse, the fuck did you guys do to my balls? <laughs> nurse, nurse. They were like, we nurse, put, check we- my nuts. <laughs> no, honestly, I was like, you need to look at my nuts. Like, they're not normal. It's and, okay. Uh, it's okay. We just replaced your testicles with basketballs. It's, uh, <laughs> so she's not, like, she's not, like, I'm not falling we, for we that heard, one. We, we heard. Again. We heard you like sports. <laughs> no, <laughs> not the, you, Helga, the hot one. They, uh, and, Helga. and they, they hurt a lot, and I didn't know what was wrong, and they, and it felt weird, and they told me it was just like the chlorhexidine that they rub on your leg before surgery, and that's what I thought it was, and then I was like, no, this is this is like scabbed. <clears throat> And they had shaved my balls with a like a dry razor. No oh, shave. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> and, yeah. no. Yeah. It turned out that's what it was. And I, uh, the next day I saw the doctor. I was like, who shaved my balls, huh? Who did it? Was <laughs> yeah. it you? Was you it you, you motherfucker? <laughs> yeah. You think you can put my leg on backwards and fuck up my balls in the Wait, same way? Why did they have to shave your balls? <laughs> they had to shave all the hair off my leg. And then they went all the way up there and shaved all that, too. They just like, they're just like, just for good measure. Yeah. Well, yeah, because like, think about it. If they're cutting you open and then they go to sew you back up and they sew. Like the, like and you you got real long pubes and then they they like sew the hair into the I, it just can't be good right yeah. like or you just don't want hair to get like in there it's like anything yeah yeah they don't want they want to fuck around with it oh, yeah man. clear that or, clean that space up or it's just a big joke like the yeah is like yeah let's get his balls or they, too yeah. or they looked at you and they're like what the fuck's wrong with this kid he doesn't he doesn't fucking <laughs> trim up down here um so anyway Jesus. I uh, <laughs> they wheeled me in and like you know there's a fuckload of doctors in this room. I've never seen so many doctors in one room. And they only got a picture of my leg on the fucking wall, like my x-ray and shit. And God, your heart must have oh, just been... Oh, my heart's fucking racing. Oh, and uh, so, of course, I don't remember anything after that. Apparently, they took me into the ICU, and the surgery was successful. Um, but the issue was, and apparently, the, uh, like the anesthetic, because uh, they were supposed to keep me asleep the whole time, and it wore off. I woke up. I took the breathing tube and I pulled it out of my throat. What like, the fuck? Something from like a movie, basically. I started fuck. fucking screaming. Um, and my dad was there. I don't remember any of this. And they immediately put more meds in, put me in, knocked me back out. Uh, and then I guess like 30 minutes after that, they lost the pulse in my foot and the artery kinked. Um, so then I had to go back into the emergency room, open me back up, and fix the artery. Oh, Jesus. Because then it was like, if we don't fix the artery, you could lose a leg. Um, like, like within a certain amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, just, yeah, it could cause more complications. Yeah. And then what they did is they took a, basically put a plate in at the time. Uh, they had a plate attaching the upper part of my femur to the tibia, basically. Um, right. And the issue is I had a mismatch in size. So the front of my leg on the top side, like, was completely attached and sewed together well. But the bottom was not. At all, basically. So if I lifted my leg up, and you could just see bone. Like, it, it was fucked. And because there was just a mismatch in size, and I was like, this is never going to fucking heal. Um, and it did. It's all healed now. But. Uh, I'm a little lost. When you lift your leg up. So if I, if I would have lifted my leg up after the surgery, like, I got a picture of that too. Um, it's just all open. Like, they couldn't, because the issue is, is like, like, think about it when you take a step forward, or if, if you lift your leg up from your butt to your thigh. That skin kind of like stretches, you know what I mean? Oh, like under, underneath, like where your ass, yeah, right where, where the your ass cheek would be underneath. That was cheek. like just oh, like a gaping wound. Yeah, because if they attached oh, it and just dude. sewed it together, 
then there I wouldn't no have mobility. that you would mobility. Have that mobility. Be too tight. So, so they wanted it to just, just like in. naturally grow in yeah. together. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Can we take a Can we take a second to look at these pictures? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Whoa. Oh my god. Whoa. That is so intense. Oh that one's pretty Oh my god. Whoa, dude, it's like a it's like a Joker's mouth. Oh, 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 oh my oh, god. Fuck. Oh man. Is that the tumor? Holy fuck! Oh my That's god. That's the bottom. Oh, 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 oh dude, the bees on the end! Oh, holy so, so that's fucking shit! Oh my oh. god, that's the tumor. Yeah. Oh, oh, fucking fuck! Oh my god, oh, dude! Whoa, dude. that's your fucking leg! Oh, oh, fuck! <laughs> holy shit, dude! This looks like Leatherface. Oh, fucking <laughs> like, it, like it, legit! It looks like the yeah. fucking mask that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy put on. Holy shit, dude! So the hole underneath is like open. That's it. That's your leg. That's my leg. I miss it every day. Fuck. <laughs> it fucking blows my mind that we live in a time where, like, a team of like whatever five, eight, ten people can wheel your ass into a room, mm. slice off your fucking leg, and then reattach the lower half of it, and be like, "All right, cool. Just give this some time," and. And it will eventually turn out to be a new leg. Yeah. Won't be the same leg that you had, but it'll be a fucking leg that works and you'll be able to actually walk and you'll be able to play sports. Yeah. Like that, man, it's like, it's it's like we were talking about the other day about, you know, if we, if this was the 1700s, like, (laughs) dude, yeah, fuck. I'd, I'd be well, long gone. You'd be long gone. Yeah, all of <laughs> yeah. us would be. Like, there's, you know, well, um, maybe not you two, but yeah, uh, yeah. I'm yeah, just so. Uh, it really is mind-boggling. Yeah. So they, uh, at this point, they so the biopsy, like waiting for the results, is the biggest thing because if the biopsy was like the most important thing, I, the two things was margins because if my margins weren't clear, so like from where there was infected bone to healthy bone, right? It had to be clear. So it had to be just healthy bone on either side of the okay. section. Um, so as long as that, that was good, it was the biggest thing. And then kill rate of the tumor. My kill rate was 95 plus. What, what, what is the kill, kill rate? rate? Kill rate is like before. when they do cut it open, like how many cancer cells are alive. So it gives you an idea of how effective the chemo was. Oh, okay. So my chemo was super effective at killing my type of cancer. Okay, the kill rate of killing the cancer. Yeah, so right. mine was Not 95 plus. Yeah. So like certain sections of the tumor was 100% dead. So that was like the best news <laughs> I could get in the whole thing because then, you know, your chances of reoccurrence, all these other things all that stuff. drop big time, your survival rate. And how long do those uh, stats come to take to come in couple, after the surgery? A couple weeks. Okay. Yeah, a couple weeks. So over the next couple of days, the pain in my leg started getting really, really bad. Um, my arm started to swell up from a site where I had an IV. And uh, I had a port that got infected that was taken out. Um, and I had a new one put in. But the old port site started to get really like red and swollen. And basically, I was going septic. Um, Jesus the Christ. The infection had gotten into my bloodstream and was just going rampant. Um, so they had scheduled to take me in cause I, at this time I had the vac on of course, and they were going to do a change of the vac, uh, put me in the operating room and immediately I went into septic shock, which is basically like going the shock, like my heart was going to 
stop going to the cardiac arrest. Um, they knew right away, like kind of what to do. Um, could you tell that this was going on Christ. inside your body? I had no, you had idea. no idea. I thought I was going in for a cleaning and I woke up in the ICU. Um, I was whoa. with somebody who went into septic shock. Oh, that's right. And it was terrifying. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's a fucking crazy story. And so basically the plate was like grossly infected. So they took the plate out and they put an external fixator on, which is what I have on now, which is basically like, so there's like a metal rod on the outside of my body that has pins that are attached to it that go straight into my leg. Yeah, so when you stand up, coming out of your hip, like kind of protruding into your your sweatpants, you can see it kind of poking out. You saw it in the x-ray picture, yeah. Um, I got six of those going in. Those hold the bone together. Um, And so... And when do those come out? Once the bone's a little... Probably in a month. uh, Once the bone's (laughs) a little more healed, they're going to take it out, and then they're going to fit me for a uh, prosthetic so I can start partial weight-bearing. And let the bone fully fuse, and then you were saying that the, the bone needs to, to uh, that you need to you need to have some weight bearing on the bone for it to fully fuse. Yeah, so like, do you like, do exercises to to bear some weight well, on your? Foot? I can't right now because it's not healed enough for partial weight bearing. It's once it gets to the point where it is uh, healed enough for partial weight bearing, they'll take the X fix off, fit me with a temporary prosthetic, and I'll start putting the bone under stress because bone under stress will heal and cause it to fuse and then I'll be good. And that might take another two months. Okay. Um, okay. So this must be like, obviously very, you need a lot of support yeah. in, in dealing with this and, and probably even more so now at home now that you're not in the hospital, right? Uh, not as much now. Like I'm starting to get my independence back and like, I mean, I don't have any more infections. I don't have any more complications. And I'm just trying to get back to, you know, so much that I can do now. But for the most part, like... Um, How big of a role has your family played in, in like, getting you through this? Uh, a pretty big role. My parents were there through the whole thing, right? So, I mean, the IWK made that very easy for them to stay. Like, there's mm. a bed in the room and shit like that, you know, kitchen, all that stuff. So it was easy for them. They kind of just rotated back and forth. Like, one would stay three days, then my mom would leave, my dad come stay three days. And they just kind of switched back and forth. And so, like, they were there with me throughout the whole thing. Are you single? Uh, I was seeing someone going into this when I got diagnosed. And now you're not. Yeah. I, the, I mean, I guess everybody deals with it differently. And it just. Was it just too much for her? Couldn't, yeah. Oh, fuck. So, at yeah. what point did. At what point was she like, I'm out? Kind of like after I figured out, like, I told her what was going to happen. Like, I was going to lose a leg. And then I, th- she was, I think she was there a bit after the surgery and then kind of just stopped coming around. Yeah. yeah. What was that like? I, I mean, well, how, how, like, were you guys pretty serious? No, we weren't that serious. Like, we weren't. But enough for her to be coming around. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it was tough because, like, everyone that I've spoken to that has had this procedure done, you know, they say, like, tell me not to worry because the first thing that'll go through your head is, like, fuck, like, I'm going to look fucked up or, you know, girls aren't going to find me attractive anymore or shit like this. Like that goes through your head. Yeah. And then that happening, I was like, fuck, like, this is it. This, this is, is the it. beginning. Yeah. Fuck yeah. you, cancer. Yeah. Fuck you, rotation plasty. Look was what you that, did. Was that like a, was that a dip in your mental yeah, state? It was probably just like a dip in the mental state, but I mean, that just isn't the case. Um, 
Yeah, because you were banging all those nurses that yeah. whole time. As soon, <laughs> soon as she left, you were like, Come was, on. hey, nurse, yeah, I, guess I, what? I, I got to say, it hasn't been the issue I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah. It's still... It's still fine. Yeah, everything works. I mean, like, it didn't affect my dick. So yeah. Like, everything is good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, aside from the massive balls. <laughs> those, those, those shrunk after a while. <laughs> Just want to put that out there. Balls are back to normal size. To- totally normal balls. Yeah, totally dick is totally normal balls. fine. <laughs> everything works fine. Everything's great, yeah. Uh, have, so, you, have you had sex since your surgery? Yeah. Okay. What was that like? Like, what were what's the what are the logistics of that now that well, you have one leg? It's party tricks. You know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a backwards foot. A lot of things I can do with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But was it hard? That's like, not is my it? Thumb. That's my toe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, <laughs> right now it's basically like it's not healed fully, so I can't really do much. Like yeah, know, I'm like really good at balancing on one leg now, so I mean, sure, that's yeah. not an issue. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, so limited to certain positions. And sure, 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 shit. sure. So yeah. when like on this episode, you said that there's there's three um, options for the prosthetic, but upstairs you were saying that. There was four. You're saying oh, yeah. that they were gonna take your fucking massive dick and put it <laughs> down into the prosthetic. Okay. There was that one. Yeah, <laughs> what? What? that's what he's telling us upstairs. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we, can, cool. we can. Like well, was, the yeah. only thing we can do is turn your third leg into your second leg. You will no longer have a third leg. However, your second leg can still work as your third leg. Yeah. It's a very complicated, yeah. very complicated. But process. it'll only function properly when you're aroused. <laughs> yeah. yeah <that's> right. <laughs> Otherwise, you will fall to the ground. Um, so so yeah, so I, so back to everything though, like I, <laughs> I, I, I rain it in, fellas, yeah, rain, rain it, in. it in. So I went septic, uh, waking up from septic shock was fucking horrible. Like yeah, my fuck. body, I got it. can't explain it. Cause like everything is affected. Right. So like, I just felt so fucked up. Yeah. Like, your whole nervous system. Everything's just, just going out of whack. And it took a couple of days to really like sink, sink back up. Um, so I spent a lot of time <laughs> in the ICU and then finally got out. Uh, and then they sent me home. And then I started getting these fevers that just wouldn't break at all. So I, my fevers were 40 plus and they were lasting all day. Oh, man. So fever that long gets your heart rate up. And then I developed SVT in my heart, which is basically, I can't remember, if, like the full acronym. The acronym of But you SVT. can't remember it, you idiot? What's wrong with I you? Know, all these the meds one thing I forgot. you can't remember that one thing? Oh, I was so heavily medicated. <laughs> yeah. um, but SVT? I, my heart was beating Look it up, Taylor. 224 beats a minute. And oh I my was god! Just drenched in sweat. Apparently, how did you not have a fucking heart attack? Apparently, it's like super common in like infants and shit like that. And they'll just like dunk the baby's head in ice, and then it'll just get it to regulate and shit. Get the fuck Whoa, out of here! Really? Yeah. Um, Whoa! How? It can how like, to, like old anyone school is at all. that? Uh, mine was just put on by the fevers and shit. But like, it could happen to you right now. Right. But it's so like. Do you know? Like, do you feel the, it? Are you like, man? I feel. Well, I started sweating. Like it looked like I like come out of the shower. Like I just became drenched in sweat. My heart felt like it was pounding through my chest. Um, I thought I was gonna fucking die. Yeah, that, that sounds terrifying. Yeah, supra supraventricular tachycardia. Yeah, supraventricular um, is when your heart beats too fast. It's caused by faulty electrical signals in your heart. Yeah, one of the signals like people. goes off, and then so yeah. the beat gets out of sync. So they basically gave me a drug. Um, that took my heart rate going from 224 beats a minute to like 110 in three seconds. And it feels Whoa. like, yeah, it's fucking crazy. It what feels, drug it is It feels that? like they drop 
like a brick wall on my chest and you just feel ill like right afterwards. Oh man. Uh, they tried it three times. It didn't work. Uh, my heart just kept on going back to the same heart rate. Um, so then they're like, fuck, what do we do? This is late at night. So they called the cardiologist, um, brought me back in the ICU again and they did the same drug, but over 10 minutes and luckily I put my heart back in sync. A heartbeat, wow. a heartbeat at like extreme exercise is like 120, right? Ish? No, no. Uh, you can get up to two hundred. You but, can get up to two hundred, or sorry, like one seventy. One seventy. I'm kind of thinking. They, they said like you could survive with it doing that though for like quite some time. Like if you think about it as like the heart is a muscle, like uh, it could do a bunch of curls all day, and then eventually my bicep would tear. It's just, yeah. So like your heart, it, the issue will be you can get permanent heart damage from it beating that fast for too long, right? Because yeah. you can damage the muscle. Right. But, um, that happened to me about three different times. And uh, so that was a byproduct of the, the dude, septic shock? Like your body uh, was just kind no, of freaking out? it was actually, turned out, I uh, went septic a second time. And Whoa, I went no with, way. this time it was a fungal sepsis, and it was in my lung. Uh, what the fuck yeah. hasn't happened to you, dude? Yeah. Like, you they, they told like, me. They this told is me insane. That they, the oncologist told me that they've said, we've seen all of these complications happen to kids, but we have never seen a kid have every single one. It's like just one patient have all of them. Wow. Um, and do you I, like right now in this moment, do you feel like fucking unstoppable? Like it, like t- you yeah, seem like, like, you, yeah, 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 like <laughs> you seem yeah. fu- like the, the U S military should be knocking on your door to be like, listen, son, like we need to fucking take your genes and well, if Donald the- Trump is president, yeah. then Trump, yeah, yeah. Trump is coming for you. Yeah. Trump. Yeah, fuck. It. Like, I, it's so crazy. Yeah. You've, you've gone through some yeah, crazy some shit. shit. So they, uh, and at this point, they had, you know, fixed the heart thing, but they're freaking out because my fevers aren't breaking. I'm just getting fucking super ill. And they're thinking, okay, wait, what if it's a leg again? So they're saying, okay, we might have to take your leg. Because um, that would be like the ultimate thing. Like, if the leg's infected and it's too bad, the only way to get rid of that infection is Sweet. fucking get yeah. rid of the leg. Cut it off. Or there was also a concern since I have a port in my chest, which goes right to my heart, there's a big, big concern with going septic that if that gets in the line of your port, oh, you it's just going go to blast heart, through you and yeah. fuck you up. Yeah. Um, so then they were thinking about pulling my, <laughs> my port a third time. It would be a second time removing my port. Um, and then they did an x-ray and they saw something in my lung. Uh, they knew it wasn't cancer because a tumor wouldn't grow that quick. Um, so they thought it was fungal. They gave me some fungal medications, which I responded to well. And they booked me for a biopsy, which they just opened up the side of my lung, collapsed it again. No big deal. Dude, yeah, yeah, they opened up the side. Jesus Christ. Um, but the issue is my lung, usually when they open it up, your lung will just collapse instantly. Uh, from all the scarring and tissue from the chemo I've had, like in the fluid in my lungs, it didn't collapse. So he had to make a bigger incision on, up by my lat, stick his fingers in, and <laughs> physically push the lung down. And then Holy yeah. fucking shit. Yeah. Dude. And then he removed the fungal part to send it to get biopsied and stuck like a tube in the side of my chest. And that sat there for about two days. And then he just pulled it out on the third day. If anybody listening to this fucking podcast has like is having a shitty day today, you better, you fucking better be feeling like your day is not that fucking bad now because holy shit, dude, yeah. <laughs> like, huh, huh. Yeah. And I mean, like there were also like little things, uh, I, I guess like 
that also happened through that. Like after this all happened and through the sepsis and everything, that was like I think one of my last complications. And then was this um, all through? Was this like spaced out pretty? Kind of, yeah, for the most part. Like over the nine months. Yeah, yeah. for the most part. Um, but I also, like, when they did my surgery, they cut through my nerve by accident. There was too much scar tissue. That was another complication I had, but they had to repair the nerve. Um, I had lots of shit go wrong. And yeah. that's why you were saying yeah. that, like, the movement of your of your ankle is not as, as great as you'd like it to be. Yeah, because a nerve, I guess, regenerates at, like, a millimeter a day, so an inch a week or something like that. It takes a long time. <sighs> I'm like, I'm like math. Yeah, yeah. it takes a long time. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm waiting for it to fully kind of come back and shit like that. Um, so, so what's your mental state now? Like, how are you? How are you? How are you doing? Like, oh, what? I'm just unstoppable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, do you feel good? You feel good? You, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel pretty good. You're, you're adjusting to your new life. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I look forward to like being able to be more functional and stuff and get back to things, but yeah. like. I came pretty quick to like, it's hard to like, once you lose a limb like that, like you, there's no, like you can't be like, oh, I'm just going to go back. I changed my mind. I'm going to just reattach my thigh. Like, it's just, you wake up and you're like, all right, this is what I got. This is what I'm going to deal with. Like it's, there's no other choice. Right? Yeah. Like one way ever, road. Do you ever look at uh, videos of like bionic uh, limbs? Uh, think about, think about like what that might be like. No, not, I've never seen, seen anything. Like, I mean, I'm kind of pumped for like the future, and I'm gonna have like a fucking jet lag. Oh yeah, jet lag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that the future Tesla is gonna just come up with some cool you, shit. You I'm two-legged sure. people are gonna hate it. Uh-huh. I'm gonna be fucking <laughs> flying around on my hoverboard leg, and we're gonna want to get our legs. I honestly do. Mm-hmm. Think people are gonna f- be cutting off their limbs just to be like me. <laughs> I honestly do there think that the future, <laughs> the future is holding something like there will come a pretty day. fucking crazy for prosthetics. I mean, you, like I've seen stuff where, like, like fully functional, uh, like arms, like two arms mm. that have like all the moving joints, fingers, yeah, fingers everything, yeah, and it's stuff. like a chest. It's like a, it's almost like, shol- like exoskeleton. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Have you seen the the TED Talk video of the of the woman who, who she was a I believe she was a, a para paraplegic? Uh, no, a, um, a uh, Special Olympics, uh, like sprinter, the girl who has the prosthetic that looks, she's beautiful, exactly like a, exactly like there, you can't tell that it's a prosthetic. Yeah, and she also has all these like artistic made, like she has this like really beautiful oak, like carved out one, and she has all these different types, of, and then she really? she has this crazy like blown make, glass one that's like that them, that has she, she doesn't make them she hires people to make them and mm-hmm. then she does like runway shows with them and stuff and like and models them but they're fucking insane yeah. and she and she it's both of her legs are gone oh, shit. and she's like you know what's awesome about my situation she's like i can wake up one day and decide hmm do i want to be like my regular 5 6 or do i want to be a fucking 6 foot 1 with like Bombshell legs. It's up to me. Like I don't fucking. I can choose. It like it's gonna, dude. It's a wicked TED talk. You should I'm definitely wake up and think. Do I want to have one leg really longer than the other? Two? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to be lopsided as fuck today. Do I want to make everyone wonder if yeah. I'm tilted to the side? Um, so at this point, we once I like my because it takes a while to get back from sepsis <laughs> and everything. And so once I was better, uh, they wanted to finish the rest of my cleanup chemo. Um, 
And then, of course, they did the chemo again. My creatinine skyrocketed, and my kidneys just could not take it. Um, so at this point, I had reached 22 treatments. I was supposed to have a total of 28. And then it came down again to decision time, um, and they deliberated and had a big meeting, and they gave me three choices again. I had, they could fully amputate my leg. This is what the oncologists wanted to do. They wanted to fully amputate the leg because if I went septic again, there was a good chance that I would die from it. Because um, generally people don't go septic three times or two times. Like you usually only go septic once. Like wow. I shouldn't go septic anymore. Yeah. So there was a good chance like sepsis could kill me. Um, and then also then you have to weigh in 22 treatments, 28 treatments. What are your chances? Does that increase reoccurrence, not increase reoccurrence? Um, so they wanted to get rid of the leg. The uh, doctors wanted to keep the leg and stop the chemo. And yeah, I guess there was only two choices. There wasn't a third one. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. easier. And so then they third yeah. one was like do nothing. Do they no- just do nothing. Do nothing. Um, yeah, the surgeons wanted to stop the chemo because everything they were doing to try and heal my leg up, chemo was undoing. Right? Yeah. Because I had that part in the back open, so it just wouldn't heal because mm-hmm. you can't heal with you know fuck chemo. Poison going through you. Poison basically. Yeah. Um, and then when I, so I had to ask some serious questions, right? I, you know, it came down to me asking the oncologists, uh, you know, cause I knew they had kids, like, what would they do? Would you tell your son, stop chemo or continue chemo, lose their leg? And the head oncologist told me if I lose my leg, he could only guarantee me two treatments. And then after those two treatments, there's no telling if my kidneys would fail and I would go on dialysis. And then, so then at that point it became pretty oh cut and dry God. that, Chemo was going to be a bad idea. Like I had to stop at this point. Yeah. My body's mm-hmm. telling me you just you can't do it anymore. Like you've reached your limit. Um, so I said that's it, and I fucking no more chemo. And they said, all right, that's your choice, and we're just going to get you healed up. We're going to get you better, and no more chemo. Sorry, when I'm uh, maybe I'm missing maybe I miss this. So when you're doing chemo after you've removed the tumor that's <laughs> attached to the femur mm-hmm. what is the chemo treating uh the cleanup chemo is for anything that got away so if it got in my blood system or it was going to metastasize and go anywhere just like little nomad cancer cells mm. you know like shit that that yeah, isn't okay. just like because the, the place it'll go would be my lungs right so that's why they do the cleanup chemo and so what they told me was if you let's say get you know 28 treatments good margins all that shit that i got but you get the full treatment you're in this 80% or yeah, 80% survival rate, right? It's generally what they can give you if you get the full fucking recipe. Um, mm-hmm. But they said there's no, they can't tell how much that ke- cleanup chemo actually weighs in to everything. Mm, right. Um, so they told me they still considered me in that 80% category because of what in like intensive surgery I had and how intense they were with the margins. And so they felt that the chemotherapy was very effective at killing my cancer so that if there was anything in there, it would likely be dead. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I just said, all right, and that's gonna, how it's going to be and it'll be good. So we stopped it and uh, I've had follow-ups since and everything's been good. Um, how often do you have to go for follow-ups now? Every two months uh, for the first year and then I think it goes every three then every six, the first three years, the most crucial. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. And then once you reach the four-year mark, it's just annually, because uh, as the years go, lo- like lowers the chances of reoccurrence, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. 
So, so this is where you're at now. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, I don't have any more complications. Uh, I'm still getting um, antibiotics uh, through my port. That's why I still have it. So the VON comes, gives me the DAPTO. Yeah. It's called DAPTOMycin. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Sure. But they're giving it to me daily, um, and they're just going to continue doing that until they take the X-Fix off, just because the X-Fix is like an open wound, wound with a metal just kind of drove into you. Yeah, so they want like the most extreme piercing. Yeah, so then I'll have one more surgery to take the X-Fix off. Right. And then one surgery to take the port out. I'm I'm curious to know what where what was up with your friends throughout all this? Like uh socially So what was going on? Well, I mean most of them were around for a bit uh, until they went back to the university and stuff and mm. some of them were around. Um but when I got diagnosed, I just told myself, okay, you have cancer. You're just going to go and have chemo, have your surgery. Blast it out. And then just show back up to work, be good, nothing happened. You're all good, nothing, just put life on hold. And I, you can't think that way, but like I'm, of course, just been told I have cancer. I'm not thinking clearly. Yeah. And that's just what I wanted to believe. So I didn't really tell anybody. I told like my close friends, of course, like family, shit like that. Um, but I just wanted to have this mental idea that everything was just going to be cool but now sweep it of course, under the rug. everything just went south yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. yeah i mean i can't really just come back now and be like oh uh about that leg <laughs> just ignore that <laughs> yeah yeah no so um but my friends that like i did tell were great i mean yeah. they came that they visited me a lot um and they still are like uh, they're you know i still have friends that are around here that you know take me out to do stuff and as much as i can do right now um, and like, do you, I'm sure there's, there's been so many questions and people asking you, and even when you're talking about like, you know, seeing people that you don't know, like children and, 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 you know, mm. parents or whatever, just people in the street. Yeah. How do you, how do you handle those questions? Like you seem like a, you seem like a really fucking laid back dude. Yeah. Uh, is it, are you, is it just that kind of thing where you, yeah, I mean, I just explain it to them. I mean, I, uh. It was when I was going through the treatment, I uh, ran into one of my high school teachers. Like, my mom would take me out for lunch. It was one of the things I at least got to do is I'd get passes, like yeah. get passes in the hospital. Um, so I went out, and I was in the car, and I'm bald at this time. I'm going through chemo, but she can't see me because I'm in the car, so she can't see that I don't have, like, one leg. Right. And uh, she goes, and she's like, oh, Brandon, like, how are you? And You look like shit. She's like, oh, you trying a new haircut style out because it's, you know, the summer and you shave your head? And I just, just like looked at my mom and then looked at the back at her and I was like, no, um, I have cancer. And she was, oh. she's like, children, go away by the door. Oh, no. <laughs> Shoot her kids away. I started freaking out. And I was like, yeah, and I, um, I also have one leg now. <laughs> like, oh, no. She's like, whoa, yeah. I really didn't expect it to I have go, to go that now. way. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I just try and explain it like as quick as I can, get the whole story and... I mean, everyone will always have questions about it. I mean, it's not something you see every day. Always, yeah. I mean, always. But um, yeah. So I, I like always just have to deal with that. But yeah. I feel like there isn't. Do you kind of resent that? Not really. Like it's not like it's like a negative, like stigma or questions about it. Like I don't, I don't think anyone like looks at someone and goes, "Oh, an amputee." No, but like, yeah. do, you, <laughs> but do you get? Do you get like? Do you get kind of fed up with talking with like? Like yeah, spelling out the whole story sometimes a bit, and that's why I saw like 
doing this podcast would kind of help just to kind of like get it out there. Yeah, everybody, just shut the fuck up. When you see Brandon, just shut up. Don't fucking say anything. Just listen to the podcast and shut (laughs) up. Just like, just say, go listen to Sick Boy. Yeah, I'm just gonna tell everybody that. Dude, can I just can I just say that you have a fucking amazing attitude? Oh man, like I man, I just think it's so admirable the way that. Because we had this conversation the other day about inspiration and people be inspiring, but like I find that you're inspiring, and not just because you're you're living with this, but the the way that you approach it and the way mm. that you live your life because of it, and the way that you handle these situations, I find that that's really admirable and inspiring because you're just fucking. You're just doing it. You're just taking life as it comes and fuck it, whatever. I get these shitty hands and it's like everything that could go wrong did go wrong, but mm. fuck it, whatever. I'm still alive. Dude, you're still a brand here. new amputee and you've already fucked. Yeah. You've already fucked. <laughs> like, yeah, like, that's, like, that's, like that's, that's the biggest milestone <laughs> of amputation. <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. They told me, they're like, listen, you may never fuck for a few years. I was like, I'm going to crush that. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, I took out my phone day of the surgery. Yeah, you can buy uh, room 7-Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. This is... Uh, Your amputee virginity. Yeah. Right. Uh, got, you know, all that hospital action. That's right. Dude, that's amazing. Man, fuck. Uh, uh, and I... I do see it that way. Like I, I would like to get involved with uh, some cancer camps and stuff like that. Yo, I'm gonna hook you up. I got, I, I got a cancer camp. It's a surf camp out in Maui, and uh, uh, I, a guy who actually had osteo- osteosarcoma went out to that camp, and uh, uh, we'll talk about it. Right, Sweet. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll get you hooked up with Athletes for Cancer because they're a fucking great crew. Crew and uh, man, you like just having you there would be. A huge thing for them and the people that go there because yeah. uh and I, I yeah. just feel like it would help a lot and i mean because it really is like going through cancer really is like a battle in yeah. its own sense and like i almost think about it as like almost like a soldier going to war like a soldier will go to war and leave but who never came come back the same person because yeah it'll, it'll take something from them yeah. and cancer no matter what will take something from you and in my situation, you know, it took my leg, and that's going to have a ripple effect on the rest of my life. Even though I beat it, it's still going to take something, no matter yeah. what. You can't go into cancer and just come out fucking unscathed. Like, no. It just will affect you. Yeah. So. That's pretty powerful. Dude, Crazy, fuck. Man. Yeah. Thank you for coming in. And yeah. doing this, this was. Uh, Wish I could just do a mic drop. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I I felt it. I felt it. Yeah. I felt it. Yeah. Uh, we cool. Can add the effect in. Maybe Let's one day we'll I'll do get we'll up fix on stage it. and tell people my story. I'll fix it in like, post. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> After you break in, you can break dance off yeah. stage. Yeah. Spin around on my one backwards leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Thanks a lot, dude. Yeah. Uh, so it was really great having me. you in. Um, yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you fucking enjoyed it. Um, we'll yeah, just end it. yeah, let's just end it. Cool. <laughs> I'm Brian. Uh, thank you all so I'm much for listening. Oh, I'm Brian. Yeah, I'm that's Taylor. It. <laughs> this happens every once in a while, but do I say? All right, right, go for it. I'm Jeremy. I'm I'm Taylor too. <laughs> all right, thank you all so much for listening. All right. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. Oh God damn it! I'm Jeremy. <laughs> this is sick boy.
don't do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't do that. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.